Welcome to you Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are here each Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on 99.1 FM KGX and 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KWXY. We also invite you to download and subscribe to our podcast. It is really easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes, look for you Learn Something New, press subscribe, and you will get a new show each week. This show is produced by my dynamic duo of student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns, though they have officially graduated, they're still producing our shows through the summer. Jasmine Rivera and Myra Canseco. Ladies, as you uh, head off to college in a couple of weeks, I am so, so grateful, as we all are, for the unbelievable work you've done this year. I haven't even had the opportunity to meet you in person. It's crazy, but that's the way we've been. So we rolled with the punches and you ladies have risen to the occasion and beyond because uh, we haven't missed a show and it's because of the work that you've done since last July and we are so very grateful. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome our mental health services coordinator, Sochi Perez. Welcome back, Sochi. Hi, good morning, Joan. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. And I know you and uh, Dr. Kalasek, who is retiring in a couple of weeks. Um, mm -hmm. She is our executive director of student support services. You both were on, um, well, like at the beginning of this whole mess, talking to us about mental health and um you know, the issues that our kids were at the beginning of facing because of COVID-19 and, um, you know, the lack of interaction between uh, their teachers and their friends and all that stuff. And I, I want to I talk about that in a bit. And provide some assistance to our families on what they might be able to do to combat some of that. But before we get to that, um, how long have you been with the district and in what capacities? Sure. Um, well, this has been my, I'm going on third year um, with the district. I've been with other school districts um, doing a similar role. Um, I just uh, accepted the position of mental health services coordinator in October, or I'm sorry, November of this past 2020 school year. Um, prior to that, I actually came on board with the district as the ERMS coordinator, which was overseeing mental health for special education department. So jumping onto this new role, it is serving all student special ed or not. And uh, we actually um, have a lot more available for families um, across all age groups. Excellent. And where did you come here from? So I, my last school district was Marietta Valley Unified School District in Marietta, California. Um, 
that school district is pretty um, similar in terms of dem like a demographic um, uh, numbers of students enrolled, a, diff a different type of families and needs and, and, and things out in that area, but a large school district too, lots of mental health needs. And um, I took that experience with me coming here to Palm Springs Unified. Excellent. And can you give us an overview of the department? Like how many people are there and what are their roles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, the mental health department of Palm Springs Unified um, has a clinic both at Palm Springs. That's our main location. We have a larger clinic there and uh, another clinic in Desert Hot Springs with uh, approximately eight licensed mental health therapists and three mental health specialists. So they're not licensed, but they do provide mental health care for students and families. Um, we also have uh, two associate level uh, mental health therapists who are providing services directly to school sites who have bought their services for the year. So I would say, what is that, a total of 13, 13 um, therapists across the district. Okay, and so let's say, I mean, how do, it's, it's rather unique that a school district has its own mental health department, isn't it? It is, yes. Me uh, mental health as a clinic in a school district is pretty, um, is pretty rare still, even to this day. In Marietta uh, Valley Unified, we did not have a clinic. And when I mean clinic, we're set up to um, take Medi-Cal insurance as our primary insurance. Um, so we're set up like a, a clinic um, maybe in other areas, but we're all employees of the school district. So, so in other words, so, but, but you're only, you only serve our students or do you serve people in the community who have Medi-Cal? That's a good question. Yeah, I get that a lot. And yes, we do service the five desert cities, Palm Springs, Desert Hot, Cathedral City, Thousand Palms, and uh, portions of Rancho Mirage. Um, and we've also, you know, served families also in Yucca uh, area as well. And the insurance we do take is Medi-Cal, but because we are employees of the district, um, we're able to provide services to students um, to a uh, to a degree who don't have insurance. So we try to select those students who really maybe have some severe mental health needs. Um, sometimes that looks like suicidal ideation, or maybe there was a trauma that was significant, like um, an accident or something that um, would really need immediate care and support for that student and family. Okay, and so, but you, but it's for, it's for our students and their families, but it's not like, I mean, let's say there's an elderly person that doesn't have any kids. I, I, can they take advantage of these services or is it for our students? So we serve students um, children, our focus is children, and okay. we do go up beyond 
18, so up to 21. So that's the highest we, we do go up to. Um, if there's an older adult or maybe an elder adult, we would make referrals through our program that we do also use, which is Care Solace. They're okay. a provider that we frequently refer families that maybe have their own private insurance or maybe they're an older adult and we are not able to serve them. We use our Care Solace that is for Palm Springs Unified to help families connect to mental health services if they need it. So and that includes our staff. So that's open to even our staff as well. Okay. So unlike a lot of um, businesses or even, you know, service organizations, uh, they had to shut down during the pandemic. And thankfully now things have begun to open up and more and more all the time, thank goodness. But that wasn't the case for our mental health department. You guys never shut down for a day. Um, but what was it like uh, serving our students through all of this? And did you, were you working with them in virtual platforms? Were you able to see them in person? How did that work? A great question. Um, well, luck luckily, we are pretty much back to full operations now. Um, but during the time when the closures first happened, um, I was not in the position of, of the coordinator. But I do know that that during that time, there was um, services still happening for families, for students. Most of it was all done virtually. It was, um, you know, usually through Zoom or phone calls. Um, also, when school returned this past school year, um, we did open the office and students and families were coming in for um, in-person sessions. But most of our sessions haven't missed a beat because families were open to using um, electronic communication like Zoom platforms or Google Meet or phone calls. And that really helped us stay really connected to our families and our students. That's great. So what have you seen have been some of the biggest um, mental health challenges for our students during this pandemic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually wanted to share that too today. So I'm glad you asked. Um, one of the larger um, areas of need has been in depression. So when I talk about depression, I mean um, maybe feeling isolated, maybe crying or feeling sad more days than not. Um, that is one of our highest level um, reasons for receiving referrals, but also the final treatment reason is depression. And close, close after that is anxiety. So feeling anxious about, you know, situations that you can't control, maybe not wanting to leave the home, feeling nervous about going in public, um, 
those types of anxiety disorders we've been seeing a lot as well. So those would be the two highest reasons, um, treatment reasons we would open a case and provide services to a child or family. So that's, and uh, kids and probably especially teenagers have been um, some of the biggest, the word I'm looking for, I mean, the most cases of these two areas, depression and anxiety, when there wasn't the challenge of uh, an epidemic that a pandemic that caused everybody to be isolated from each other, right? So mm -hmm. I mean, that, that those are big, those are big issues all the time. And right. so, so how, are you able to like, um, are you able to determine like the percentage of an increase in, in depression and anxiety? So I would say that the increase, um, even prior to the pandemic, many of the reasons we were seeing students was still for depression and anxiety. But one of the things that we've seen a decrease in is really just um, a lot of a lot of families and schools, right, give us referrals based on not doing schoolwork, not completing things uh, for school. So a lot of that was happening prior to the pandemic as well, because a lot more was um, in person. We continue to have a lot of referrals for for that as well, but it was different. It shifted to, um, you know, my child is not wanting to get on virtual learning. They are not able to stay you know, settled enough to attend class for over, you know, 30 minutes. So I think the referrals have remained the same in terms of numbers. It's just the information behind those reasons. So like I'm saying, depression, depression was there even before, but now the reasons for the depression have shifted. You know, it has a lot more to do with that isolation and not seeing friends and not being around family. Um, so I would say that they have not shifted dramatically. Like there hasn't been um, a huge shift away from a, a different reason, maybe last year, but the details behind why is there, um, why is there depression in this group of students, it, the reasons behind it are now different, right? So we're living in a different world. Um, so not necessarily, we're not seeing anything dramatically new, but we're seeing different, the, the reason behind um, that diagnosis or that referral has changed. And it's because of the pandemic and, and COVID that we've seen that difference. That makes sense. Um, so what, what, um, programs or services specifically do you have? I mean, aside from individual counseling, are there other programs like group programs or seminars, webinars, like anything like that, that we 
do for our families. And by the way, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Learn Something New Every Day on KGX and KWXY. And my guest today is our mental health services coordinator, Sochi Perez. Um, so, you know, aside from the individual counseling, what other resources does our mental health department have for our families? Yeah, so great question. We also offer services that you don't have to be enrolled in. Um, you don't have to have your child receiving services to participate in. So that's good to note that actually our website off of the Palm Springs Unified School District's main page, we have a mental health uh, link that will, um, if you go to that, you'll see our um or referrals, how to refer yourself for services. So you could do a direct referral for yourself or uh, for your child. Um, also, you can use our Care Solus referral link as well. And that's where teachers and, and staff also refer students if they feel that there's a need. Um, also, at the very bottom, there's a link called events. And on that link, you'll see a calendar of events and flyers for different um trainings or groups that are happening uh, right now. So at this moment in time, we are running a new round of Courage to Speak parent classes, which is focused on substance abuse and prevention. So it is a six-week class helping parents identify um, when their child is possibly at risk for substance use and how to help your student, how to talk to them, how to reach out for supports. And that's um, happening in the evenings and right now via Zoom. So really easy to participate and it's open to all parents, but we're specifically targeting parents of students in middle school in, in that area because that's when we know students are most likely to start um, you know, experimenting, trying uh, drugs, alcohol, or vaping. Um, we also offer peer groups. I know that our peer groups were wrapping up. We had an LGBTQ group going, and we had a um, other peer group, which was around uh, skill building for middle middle school students. Um, the LGBTQ group was for high school age students, and I believe that just wrapped up um, at the end of this month. So if we get enough interest, we'll continue. Those groups have been running on referrals from schools, but parents can self-referral. All those flyers have a link to the sign-up sheets. So if you have a child who you felt you know, who you feel may benefit. It's always great to look on the events page of our website and see what's coming up next. How can I get my child involved? How do I as a parent get myself involved? Um, we've offered also positive action parenting this year. Um, at the moment, we don't have one running, but that is for parent self-care, strategies for parents on how to um, do a lot of self-care and identifying ways to support your own mental health and parenting. It's it's a very, you know, rewarding but challenging thing. So that is a support group, but also informational so that parents know how do I um, how do I take care of myself so I can better care for my child um, and their needs. You know, and, and you just 
triggered my uh, brain here that the last time that you were on the show with Dr. Kalisek, what we really focused on was the whole concept of mental health versus the stigma of mental illness. And they're two different things. And, uh, you know, people hear mental health and they, you know, kind of get their backs up, like, you know, mm-hmm. that it, it's a criticism or that there's something wrong with them or that it, they have some kind of illness. And it that's not the case. Uh, we all need to be aware of our mental health and maintaining our mental health the same way we maintain our physical health. And in this pandemic, that's been even more challenging for so many people. So I did want to, I wanted to touch on that again, not touch on it, talk about it because Mm -hmm. it's so important. So talk about um, how our parents and our kids can um, maintain their good mental health and what parents can do to help their kids if they're struggling with it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I know this will be broadcasted later, but you know, we're still in April, tomorrow's May. May is mental health month and awareness and a month to help talk about mental health, to bring to light that we all have mental health. We all take care of our physical health. We all do things every day to eat well, sleep well, um, exercise. So the same goes for mental health. So for mental health, we want to have positive thinking. We want to talk to others if there are, you know, maybe things on our mind that are troubling or negative. Um, We also want to practice those good physical health self-care because that does also help our mental health. Um, And if we're struggling with a mental illness, so beyond just our mental health, if we see that, you know, we're not able to, even though we've put all these things into practice, like, um, you know, journal writing or um, using positive thinking, which is um, what we also call positive mindset, being mindful of of the things that we're doing within our day. Um, If we're also practicing other things like, Maybe even uh, talking with others like friends or family to get things off of our mind and feel better throughout the day. If we're doing all those things, but still we're not seeing maybe a difference, we're still feeling negative, sad, maybe um, there's some anxiety or some anger symptoms that just don't seem to be um, resolving or getting better. Um, it's always okay to reach out for additional help and maybe talking to a professional in that field, like a mental health clinician, um, seeking a psychiatrist for support. Those are things that I do want to encourage the public to see that even children do suffer from mental illness. And, um, and I'm going to include infants in there too. Um, we've gone through a lot of trauma in the past year kids have gone through a lot of loss, a lot of change. And because of that, it's important to see if your child has not, um, you know, if there hasn't been an improvement in some changes in their behaviors or their emotions, 
that you do want to seek out some support and have someone talk with your child, have someone observe and meet with your child and see if there's something else they can offer or suggest to you. Excellent. And that that's so true. And, you know, I, I people tend to, you know, poo-poo the, the notion that exercise is related to your mental health, but I, I just know from experience that it is. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's the endorphins or what it is, but it's not only important for your, your physical health, but your mental health for sure. Absolutely. Because your body is not, you know, these not these separate departments. It's all working together as one. So, right. yes, your, chem your brain chemistry improves when you are exercising and eating well. And what I mean by eating well, I mean, you know, trying to cut out those sugars or trying to eat balanced meals and not, you know, also not eat. So some people think I'm not going to eat, but then you're not getting those essential uh, vitamins and nutrients into your brain to, to function, concentrate, think, and feel good. So all of that works together. Um, very important. Absolutely. And um, I also wanted to mention that you really put out a fabulous newsletter every month. And I, I think that if yeah, we we've been sending them directly to our families through Peach Star, but I've been also posting them on our social media pages, and I'm sure you have on your website. There's a lot of good information in there every month, so um, keep looking for those. And um, uh, if parents need more information on the um, mental health department and our services, what's the best way to access that? Yeah, so one of the best ways um, I would say is our website first. So website's always good. If, if you're not tech savvy or if you don't have the ability to do that, you give us a call. You can reach me as well directly if you want to talk it over, ask me questions, get some suggestions on what you can do for your child. If that's something you're not sure if a mental health referral is right for you or your child, that is fine. I'd love to hear from individual families and direct you in the, in the best way I can. Um, I'd love to do that. And Joan, I, I don't want to get off the call before I talk about dog therapy too. So go ahead. Please remind me. Before, no, yeah. We're, we're there, but before we okay. talk about dog therapy, what's the phone number? It's 760-416-1300. Six zero, and we are available by phone five days a week, Monday through Friday, and that's eight o'clock in the morning until five at night. Excellent. All yeah. right, we have a couple minutes left. I would love to talk about dog therapy because I am, I am convinced that there's that's probably one of the best therapies there is. Tell us about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so in uh, our most recent board meeting, we uh, were able to get a new policy or a, a change in our policy to include 
therapy dogs as a part of animal in schools and animals on our in our district. So I'm very excited because I have been training my dog Lucy to be a therapy dog for uh, several years now. Actually, ever since she was born, my intention was to make her a therapy dog. She is fully certified as a therapy dog. Our board has passed that policy. And, um, you know, look out for more information on our website and probably through our newsletters about how we're bringing dog therapy to families so that they can access that and use that as as one other tool um, rather than, you know, what we typically traditionally have relied on, which has always been more talk therapy, uh, person to person, using an animal in therapy at the same time adds a different layer of kids opening up more, kids being comfortable and also being able to touch the animal. We can't do that anymore in, in terms of, you know, if we want to play a game that involves, you know, handshakes, we can't do those kinds of things anymore um, in therapy. Um, so the dog is able to also be pet. There's some soothing with that. There's some excitement from kids to be able to do that. So I think there's a lot of good things that come with pet therapy or dog therapy that we can't do in traditional therapy. So look out for that. More to come. That's awesome. I am. Well, we will have you back again to talk more about it. And I'm looking forward to meeting Lucy soon. Thank you so much for being here, Sochi. And we will have you back for an update. And our show airs each Sunday right here on KWXY and KGX. Our podcast is uploaded each Sunday afternoon. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you, Jasmine and Myra. Thank you again, Sochi, and we will see you next week.